Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you asked yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, welcome to episode 79. Tis the season of change and New Year's resolutions, at least if you're listening in real time. But who couldn't use a little advice in how to make a new habit stick any time of the year? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. The most important part about creating change is really changing who we are being. This is a concept that I played around with a lot and it came up for me recently again. So I thought I'd share it on the podcast because I truly believe it's a secret to success. And when I say success, I just mean to the desired change that you want to achieve. So often when we decide we want to change, let's say you want to become a runner, maybe a half marathon runner, which I see a lot of in my community, then we look around us and ask others for advice, others who have done something similar, right? Advice on what do I need to be able to do to run a half marathon in, let's say, 20 weeks. Your situation, of course, might be different. Maybe you're 12 weeks out from your race or 16 or whatever your time frame is. We ask our in-person runner friends and we ask in our favorite online running communities for all the tips and advice. And we receive a ton of advice of what to do, of course. Does this sound like something you might have done in the past? Then after deciding back and forth between all these suggestions that we receive, we then pick a plan. Maybe we find a free one or maybe we pay for one. And then we print it out, hang it on the fridge, or we can see it every day, several times a day. And then we feel the excitement of starting to cross workouts off as we go along towards the goal, which is some 12, 16, 20, or insert your own time frame, weeks in the future, right? Then a week, maybe two or three into this three-day-a-week running plan, four-day-a-week, five-day or six-day even a week running plan, the enthusiasm starts to fade. And we start to notice that we have to be more firm in our self-talk or make sure that we have running friends lined up to help us get out the door on the scheduled runs because we realize we won't get out the door without the group support. We start to notice that the food we eat on a regular basis is not really supportive 
of the energy that early morning runs require of us in order to satisfactorily fuel us for the entire run. Or the frequent alcohol that comes in the heel of work every evening or on the weekend also makes the morning runs quite trying on us. Hmm. Familiar scenario? Well, can you guess what has gone wrong so far? So this is going to be the juicy part of the podcast. This is the meat and potatoes of what I really want to share with you and what this lesson really taught me. It's called action copying. It's a term that I first heard from Brooke Castillo, who's a life coach. Think about it. How often do we action copy in everything we do? We walk around copying actions by other people whose result we desire for ourselves. We find out all the things they did to achieve what they achieved, and then we copy the actions. And sometimes it works, but a lot of times it doesn't. But then we wonder why that is, or we get frustrated with ourselves, and then we start coming up with an excuse, a reason for why it didn't work. The reason usually has to do with some circumstance we couldn't control, like the weather, our job, the kids, or insert your own excuse here. But here's the kicker. That's actually not why we weren't able to achieve the results we set out to achieve. That's not why we weren't able to make, for instance, early morning running a habit, or stick with the training plan. Stay tuned. Instead, it has to do with us taking action from the wrong place, from the wrong mindset, from the wrong energetic feeling. What I mean is, once we understand that feelings are what drive our desire, and motivation for running, we then see how crazy it is to undertake something like running, for instance, five days a week, or 30 to 40 plus miles a week, or insert distance we've never attempted before, without having our feelings dialed into the results. This is the important part. Is it possible to do it without dialing our feelings into the, to the results? Sure, we can will ourselves, force ourselves, use a lot of negative self-talk to an extent. But it's just not very pleasant in the long run. And chances are we won't repeat it again then. Instead, when we realize that desire and motivation is created from our feelings, then we realize that we have to go at it from our mind before jumping into action. We have to create thoughts in our mind that support the feeling that we want in order to create the drive 
and the behavior that's required to get the result we desire. And this is why what this life coach said made so much sense. To create successful change, we have to create an identity change. We're not just changing what we're doing. This is really important. You want to listen to this right now. We're changing who we are being. And who we're being comes from thoughts and belief. If we're being somebody who is constantly overcoming running because we force ourselves out, we haven't done the required work in our mind around it, this habit won't be sustainable. But when we do the thought work, the mindset work, we create thoughts that support feelings that are motivating and supporting, then we'll naturally act more inspired and it'll be a sustainable change. So basically what this boils down to is we have to think like the half marathon runner before we have even run the race. I know that really was such a mind bend for me when I first heard this. So often, especially when we want to lose weight, and especially if it's coupled with low self-worth, our desire then to run is fueled by wanting the outcome of a caloric deficit, aka we want to lose weight, right? Running serves that particular purpose. Running is fueled by, well, I got to lose some weight. And then we feel kind of a desperation for achieving this goal of losing weight, like tomorrow already, right? Can you relate to this? And of course, this is not realistic, but we feel desperate because we really want to lose this weight so we can fit these clothes because then we can feel better, right? Do you know what I mean? Does this resonate? Because in case you hadn't guessed, this was me for most of my life. Until my mid-40s. Mid-40s. I kid you not. Running, though, for me, was replaced by other workouts. But same thing. The motivation to work out was driven by the same reason. Low self-esteem. When we have low self-worth, it's really it's really essential that we learn some mind managing tools. I for sure wish I had known about these mind managing tools decades ago. My life would have been very different then. Our journey to a happy, healthy weight is to flip everything on its head and create thoughts that help support a happy self-image today, runner friend, before the scale reads a certain weight, rather than withhold self-love until the scale shows a desired weight. That's a tough concept to fully embrace. I get that. I know it was for me. If you worry that 
self-love for your body as it is today equals complacency. I just want to share this with you. It's all about the energy we're in, the mood, the feeling when we do something. Always being unhappy or this low vibration of dissatisfied with our self-image leaves us in a low mood which causes more of the same. On the other hand, choosing self-acceptance and happiness before we've achieved our goal makes the goal so much more attainable and enjoyable along the process. Here's a great book reference for you if this is something you struggle with or just if you'd like more information on it. The book is called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. He was a Harvard researcher and he challenged the notion in society that once we're successful, then we'll be happy and proved that happiness actually precedes success. Here's a good quote from his book, The Happiness Advantage. It goes like this. When we're happy, when our mindset and mood are positive, we're smarter, more motivated, and thus more successful. Happiness is the center and success revolves around it. End of quote. Like I said, though, it took me till my mid-40s to really grasp this, but it's made all the difference. I just hope that you might grasp it from, from this episode today. So, how might this look instead? How might this look for you? You think about the running goal you would like to accomplish. Maybe it's a half marathon. And you pick a race and you set a date. Then what you do, since you're starting from creating the belief instead of just jumping right into action, you kind of assume the identity of a half marathon runner as best as possible because you haven't run it yet, even if it's messy and you're not sure what you're supposed to do all the time, that's a-okay. You start using questions of yourself like, if I had completed a race like the one I'm training for, I would be thinking, and then insert your answer. That way you're constantly showing up as this imagined half marathon runner, somebody who's already achieved the goal, and you're going to find some answers that you wouldn't otherwise be able to tap into. And then you let those thoughts of this imagined version of yourself inform how you show up as this half marathon runner. You know, my guess is that if you ask of yourself, well, what would I do? How did I accomplish this half marathon race? And this is right before you set out on a run and you're finding that your motivation is vacillating for whether you should go out or not your answer to yourself would probably come back as well i'm a half marathon runner the way i became a half marathon runner was to complete my training runs and so there's your answer you're going to feel more anchored in 
to this identity of being a half marathon runner and you'll go out and complete your runs. All right, runner friend, I hope this information was valuable and can help you on your road to running success and happiness. Reach out. I'd love to hear from you if this information is making a difference and pass it on to another runner friend along the way. Until next week. All right, runner friend, if you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel happier, more confident, and empowered on your runs, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the type of runs you desire. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. As your coach, I'll be there to support you along the way. There'll be a link in the show notes to sign up for a call with me. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.